Hi, you're listening to episode 11 of Heart of Conservation, your very own podcast from the Himalaya. I'm your host, Lalita Krishnan, bringing you stories that keep you connected with our natural world. My guest today is Drithiman Mukherjee, one of India's most reputed and sought-out nature photographers. Chances are you've seen Drithiman's photographs more than once. His work has been featured and associated with Savis, Sanctuary Asia, BBC, National Geographic, New York Times. It's a long and enviable top-notch list that every photographer would love on their portfolio. But what most people don't know about him that he's also a self-taught photographer, a mountaineer, a climber, and advanced scuba diver. Ritiman is also the founding member of Savis, one of India's leading natural history and conservation magazines. Ritiman's work is extraordinary, but here is a photographer with a conscience. His work impacts you as it creates awareness and evokes a sense of pride and belonging in this beautiful world of ours. This interview is recorded over Skype. Rithaman, welcome to Heart of Conservation Podcast. I can't tell you how delighted I am to have you as a guest on my show. Thank you, and I'm honored. Rithaman, uh, you've been known to jump off cliffs to photograph, uh, you know, raptors and get into dry suits and immerse yourself in sub-zero waters to shoot penguins and seals. So would you describe what attracts you to wildlife in places like this? And also explain the process of your photography in uh, inhospitable places. It can't be easy. So the way I work, like when I started, so I discovered the people were working in different subjects. Most people actually work on the easy available uh, subject. Of course, like uh, if you go to Corbett or Kanha or in Kenya, so you can actually and drive into the park with a vehicle and you can see wildlife, you can shoot them. So it is it is fantastic. But many people are doing this. So if I do the same thing, that will be a repetition. So, so my point of view was like, uh, whenever uh, I uh, planned my work or feed, so I always try, uh, try to uh, do something which is uh, lessly done or never done or which is not actually you know available uh, to the mass so what is what is my goal so initially when i started photography uh, it was the most interesting part was there is no better work to i mean like this uh, it's like that uh, the, uh, in wildlife photography or life is always beautiful i mean what more you can want uh, if you get a chance to be in the forest always or in the uh, ocean or any interesting landscape is amazing. So that uh, uh, that part was initially there that uh, I always love to be in the field because mm-hmm. uh, it is away from the, the normal life, the social life, which is of course uh, it's good but sometimes it's painful and boring. But what my main point is that I was liking it, I was enjoying it, but we, with addition I realized can also contribute to the science and the, you know, the social social reasons like uh, creating awareness and conservation. So for that, I mean, it becomes meaningful. So slowly, slowly I, uh, with my enjoyment, I always try to think 
in uh, what should I do? I mean, wh which work actually can contribute to the science or uh, creating awareness? So from that point of view, I always uh, thought of uh, uh, those work which is not done by many people and and or not even not done by. So that way it becomes exclusive. Exclusive in the sense, I mean, whatever I will do, it right. will actually. Yeah, when I will share to the people, it will be uh, interesting or contributory. Yes. So that way, I always selected uh, the rare subjects, difficult habitat, difficult places, difficult subject to uh, work, because not many people are doing this. And also, I was uh, my background was like I was into outdoors, I was into mountaineering and climbing. So I always loved adventure. So that was a added tool for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought I can actually I could use that uh, tool into my photography because that will help uh, in a uh, different way. Uh, and from that point of view, actually, I started uh, looking for, uh, you know, the, the difficult and challenging places and uh, subject. And uh, if you talk about this, uh, uh, this uh, jumping into the, say, frozen Baikal or Antarctica, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, climbing a volcano, diving with a crocodile or anaconda. <laughs> so, this is uh, this is actually this these things I uh, did later, maybe in last uh, uh, three four years. But uh, this is uh, I mean there is an, another reason also because I was mostly working in India, uh, in all landscape, in all habitat, uh, on different subjects. Uh, I worked uh, actually in most all the, most of the landscape of uh, India and. Uh, all the states actually, in all the states uh, of India I work. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you saw that uh, I had a called Magical Biodiversity of India. So it was on uh, how good is our country. I mean from, from a biodiversity point of view because India is amazing. It's true. I mean, so whenever I went, went out from, uh, uh, I mean outside uh, of India, every time I realized India is best. I mean, it has so much of, uh, of uh, things. I agree. Like, uh, act, yeah. So yeah. we have all kind of landscape. Right. Uh, it's kind of mini world. Kind of mini world actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, uh, I mean, we have desert. We have uh, seven thousand kilometers of coast. We have Himalaya. We have uh, Deccan Plateau, rainforest, mangroves, two sets of islands. So everything. True. So it's like a one complete package. Okay. So definitely India was a most, uh, you know, a lucrative place for me to work. And and the, and the main important point was, so when I started, not much thing was done. Because India so much, th uh, so much, uh, uh, you know, so much uh, life forms, mm -hmm. not much, much but done. Can I interrupt you? When did you start? I mean, I started photography in 97, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, started wildlife in 2000, end of 2000, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so one thing, I mean, I mean, in India, I covered most of the landscape, and then I did that book, Magical Biodiversity of India. Mm -hmm. So then, then I thought, okay, so I have done a little bit in India. Uh, if I want to see the world, and if I want to do something uh, interesting outside India, so with that continuation, I thought, I mean, what can be the concept? So I, I thought like, uh, uh, let's go for magical earth. That was uh, kind of concept I was following. So magical earth means actually the 
world is so big and it has so much of things i cannot cover everything mm-hmm. so what i can go for so i i i decided to uh, work for interesting so that's why i included all uh, interesting uh, you know phenomenon uh, on earth like i climbed the volcano an active volcano uh, diving in antarctica in the iceberg greenland uh, diving with the crocodile so these are basically uh, from one point of view these are difficult and challenging subject where not many people are working mm-hmm. and uh, secondly uh, they are they are in very interesting and surprising so i plan from that perspective but okay. the main goal is to work on uh, you know lessly done subject right and uh, so that i can i can bring uh, those uh, you know event or species or the places to the mass who are uh, a bit i mean uh, for Uh, some way they are disconnected uh, with uh, those things i mean uh, in last 10 15 years there is a, a revolution in you know in uh, connecting mass with different things via internet and uh, you know di- i mean different medias yeah. so different medias are so active now people who have access to tv or internet they have seen a lot of things but still there are something which are uh, you know uh, which i haven't uh, reached the mass right so yeah so that is one of the goals um, yeah that's amazing and i think it reflects in all your photography it's not just a photograph i mean there when you look at it you you see so many things that's why they, i think your photographs are so special and also you're talking of different media the purpose of this podcast is also to reconnect uh, people to nature so that's great yeah. so you know along the same line i want to really talk about something that i just read about and it fascinated me in 2018 you along with five scientists you went on that iconic bor expedition right in arunachal pradesh right. so th- this expedition right. is one of great significance because of its amazing biodiversity um, of the area Abor was also visited 106 years ago as a punitive mission following the murder of um, Mr. Noel Williamson who was assistant political officer of Assam that back then. So your expedition almost sounds like a Darwinian kind of exploratory uh, once in a lifetime adventure. You know you traveled into parts unknown, you discovered and recorded multiple new species as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that because it's it's huge it's a humongous thing i think everybody should know about it yeah it is actually super interesting so uh, you know how it started so when i uh, in a unesco meet i was in wii and i was discussing with this my scientist friends so uh, i i always uh, thought of this uh, this kind of multi taxa expedition because in india this this kind of thing are not happening in good numbers at least uh, i don't know uh, many such kind of expeditions where uh, scientists from different uh, you know subjects uh, participated so i i had i had a dream uh, always to uh, you know go for something like this so i was discussing there and i uh, gave a proposal to all this uh, uh, people that let's uh, do something which uh, should be you know uh, which should be contributory and Uh, let's work in some area where uh, it is not explored yet much 
so uh, actually abhijit uh, uh, gave the idea about the uh, place because uh, he also was thinking about uh, this uh, about expedition which was done uh, 106 years back so it is actually a continuation of the same route and little more actually so actually you know this area is unexplored mm-hmm. so why we called this abor expedition because this that expedition which was done hundreds of back so that was actually it is a baseline thing so when we do something in some area uh, we can actually so after finishing the expedition when we'll get, get all the data we can compare the data with the the past uh, available data mm-hmm. which was done under just back so that actually can give you know the impact of changes so we can see what actually uh, is not there what uh, i mean if it is improved or you know what amount of destruction happened or what is the status actually what is the cha- what are the changes so that will that will give some you know ecological talks about some ecological parameters Mm-hmm. So so that way we selected uh, this area where something was done 100 years back and after that not much things uh, were done and uh, yeah so we went there for one month and we traveled along the Siang river uh, and then we went to Moling National Park and this scientist who were basically amazing in their own field mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah so uh, for me it was actually i i was i, I was or the you know I was a, I I was documenting everything and uh, and uh, for me there was two things actually first I could see the the entire region which was much uh, not uh, uh, explored and I got a chance to be with this uh, five scientists so I got a chance to learn a lot uh, which I always uh, referred to and uh, we got a few new species and uh, <laughs> we got new informations uh, new subspecies but uh, also we got a lot of uh, evidence of uh, huge destructions and uh, you know the okay. uh, habitat loss uh, i mean much more i mean that is actually yeah. the final report is about to come but overall uh, it was very unique expedition uh, uh, for me it just sounds like a wonderful wonderful uh, opportunity uh i think for them and you and you bringing out the beauty of the place and the combined with the scientific um, information and discoveries i mean it's you said it so casually we discovered a few species but it's not every day that people discover oh, species no the truth is actually we were expecting more species yeah yeah, yeah. we were expecting and uh, we felt actually uh, we we need to give more time uh, in some places and maybe uh, the timing was very important so we went there in october mm-hmm. and we went there in june probably may or june then it would be much better because uh, for this herpetofauna especially like yeah. frogs snakes and other things so they are much more active during uh, that time Mhm. So I I feel so if we can uh, do another expedition the same route in different time we uh, probably we will get uh, more uh, more things actually. Okay. So, yeah, okay. so that's the beauty of the you know the beauty of an expedition and everything because when you go for first time you will get to know many things which you never imagined. So yeah. so after after being there you can realize okay so this can be corrected or we can we could have done this. So I feel that that's a that's a best part so uh, good thing is if we can repeat the uh, same same mm-hmm. uh, expedition again uh, nice. in different time frame that will be a great 
Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question. You've probably um, been asked many times before. So the list of, you know, cameras, lens, scopes, uh, you know, the equipment that's available in the market these days is endless. So how much of photography do you think is equipment nowadays? I don't know if this is a good oh. question, <laughs> you know, but uh -huh. you're a professional uh, photographer, but I yeah. mean, what would you tell somebody who is sort of midway, like, is it necessary yeah. to buy rather than, you know, perfect your art? Oh, this is actually a good question, actually. So I mean, the question uh, regarding equipment is a very interesting question for, uh, you know, uh, for others, I, so I would like to share. So equipment is very important for sure. But, uh, I mean, in sometimes uh, what happens to wildlife photography, so we buy some equipment and then we plan uh, something for that. And this is actually a reverse state. Actually, you plan something and mm -hmm. then you go for equipment because equipment is for you know, just for your certain need. And, uh, you know, equipment can't restrict your uh, work. So one one prominent thing is nowadays is, I mean, equipments are there. So, and everyone can buy equipment. It is all available here. So now, I mean, once upon a time, once upon a time in the sense like 20, 50, 20, 20, 30 years back, when very few people had equipment, the quality was a very important uh, parameter for, uh, you know, good or bad photography, what we used to define. Like if you have good equipment, you can produce good quality photo, people will like it. So that was one important parameter. But now everyone has equipment, people can uh, produce uh, good quality photos. So now it is much more important what is the story behind, uh, I mean the uh, story in the photo, uh, not mm -hmm. uh, So that becomes much more important. And for me also, uh, quality is okay, I mean, if you you if you are using a good equipment or a mediocre equipment, there will be a difference in quality. But uh, when story becomes uh, the important uh, factor, then this thing actually uh, it has no value. So with a you know uh, average equipment, uh, if you produce a very interesting story, that is much more important. Uh, story or the natural history information which you are providing that becomes much more important than the quality it is for me I mean right. I, I take it uh, that way so equipment is important but it is not very uh, not very uh, important mm -hmm. for me so I have access to uh, most of the equipment mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but I am not fussy about uh, equipment uh, these days I mean once upon a time of course I was very much emotional about it <laughs> I used to think of it but now it is not much more important for me. I can right. uh, work thing and because because the story is the ultimate thing. So so what I'm showing is very important. What is uh, right. what what a photo is talking about? That is much more important than how the quality is because people have seen the quality. It is uh, it is available actually. Mm -hmm. So. so yeah, <laughs> I mean you can, cannot restrict yourself uh, with the equipment. I mean equipment can't stop like. Uh, sometimes we say uh, that uh, I don't have the equipment. I yeah. can't do this. It's, it's not actually. So whatever equipment, even uh, with a mobile, you can you can uh, create great stuff. Great yeah. stuff in the sense uh, you can actually. So I mean, you can uh, go for different uh, uh, stories. What uh, your uh, mobile can take. It is uh, not always. I mean, wildlife photography is not always about taking some 
uh, tight shots of hmm. like so yeah. i think that uh, time has gone so huh. now it is much more important uh, the content Content yeah. is very important. What yeah. you are uh, talking about and what you are showing. Right. That's great advice for anyone who's into any sort of photography. I think, especially for wildlife, they just seem to think bigger is better. This is great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So when I see wildlife posts on Facebook today, it's oh. mostly you know, especially if you go to a certain wildlife group uh, page or something, it's mostly full of tigers surrounded by at least 15 jeeps. and photographers carrying this huge equipment and they won't leave that tiger alone till they get that perfect shot you know i'm as guilty i've also gone to uh, national parks and gone in a jeep and try to click a tiger but it is ridiculous you know i've seen people stop and change their tire talk on the cell phone if there's coverage you know but the the scale of this in our parks today makes me just feel this is not ethical at all the way the to- tiger is cornered the patience of that animal the tolerance for us you know tolerating us human it's not actually i feel it's not different from the old um, shikar days you know when the tiger was hunted now we're just using cameras and jeeps to hassle them so what are your thoughts on this ah uh, this is a very complex question and uh... i know <laughs> this is uh, yeah i mean uh, it's not that easy to uh, explain but of course there are issues uh, on this uh, basically yeah, of course i have been to many tiger of reserve and uh, i saw the situations but there are different point of view so first thing is what i believe is tourism is uh, one of the finest uh, conservation tool actually so nothing so if you, if people are not going into the forest if they are not uh, uh, connected system mm-hmm. uh, there will be no lobby for the wildlife so we we need to have a, a huge lobby for our uh, you know the mm-hmm. uh, uh, all all the participants of our uh, ecosystem so and tourism does it what the problem is where problem is if it is organized tourism or not i mean the problem is in the man the way we we do it so it is not bad that if uh, some jeeps are uh uh going in the forest mm-hmm. because in any case uh, this uh, tourism zone is uh, not much bigger in the uh, uh i mean if you consider any this is, the tourism zone is a little part of that forest mm-hmm. and uh, and in that part road is actually covering another uh, some 10 20% of that area and uh in some cases like it is not always uh, this animals actually get stressed stressed, uh, stressed for many times but sometimes you see photographs like one tiger is sitting and uh, many many jeeps are uh, standing there so sometimes it gives uh, pain but there is one perspective also because tiger is a wild animal and it is sitting just in front of the cars mm. it can actually if it just uh, if it takes a jump uh, of like 10 feet it will be away from everything but the tiger is not going tiger is sitting there <laughs> tiger can move it is not moving actually in most of these places where tourism uh, tourism is happen- uh, happening in uh, yeah so tiger can actually they can move away from the crowd but they don't hmm. because in, in in some cases in some situations uh because of this tourism in tourism zone this uh, 
animals are uh, uh, somehow some way they are com- comfortable with the people i mean they comfortable in the sense i mean they they accepted the presence of people and mm. uh, kind of they are habituated Mm. so sometimes they they just ignore i mean who was sitting there uh, and uh, that is uh, not the issue where actually you can uh, see the uh, stress level of the animal but in some cases uh, for like uh, some tigers uh, which are with the cubs mm. uh, sometimes they they are in a particular area or people are chasing them so sometimes uh, it happens so what i suggest that uh, that there is no problem with the tourism rather the problem is with the uh, way we do it right so so the some some uh, management policies some awareness campaign or something i mean when people entered in the park uh, if if they they are given some instructions or uh, or if they can be uh, given some uh, you know advices i think uh, that can be uh, that can be helpful for this but uh, i feel tourism is always fantastic because uh, you know uh, i there there are some behavioral changes uh, among the uh, wildlife due to tourism we see uh, but it is i don't feel it is heavily harmful for you know for mm-hmm. our uh, ecosystem rather it is it is actually helping more than uh, it is harming actually so okay. so that way i am in favor of tourism right but of course it has to be uh, organized and uh, sensitive tourism so uh, that is uh, much yeah. more important you're so right i mean we absolutely need the tourism uh, but like you said you know the way we do it is uh, more important yeah okay so talking about you know um wildlife and uh, now nowadays everybody i mean is a photographer right we have our mobile phones or whatever we claim we're photographers so what in your opinion is responsible uh, photography how should or shouldn't be nature documented i think coming from you it would mean a lot to people who love wildlife but are have no idea how to be a responsible photographer okay so so i always love to talk about the way i do but i never um, i never like tell you that you do like uh, this way or you should do this mm-hmm. because uh, it's always uh, i i i believe uh, everyone is a sensible human being and they they can take their call so i cannot suggest people to do something but i i can tell you what i believe uh, i mean right. the way uh, i mean what is my point of view. so if that helps that is fine so for me the uh, you know the responsibility is the backbone of anything you do actually so now um, this is a very uh, important word for me i mean the the word responsibility mm-hmm. uh, so whenever i work there are two things actually so why i am doing this why i am doing this is very important and uh, you know because there is a ethical point of view when you talk about ethics other things this is this is a very dynamic so like 20 years back what was ethical it is uh, no longer yeah so so 
you know the ethical thing is uh, like it's a uh, uh, function of uh, time and space and the situation so 20 years back what was ethical is not uh, ethical now because it's it's changing like like what is the problem now so in in 20 years back uh, the number of photographers was like uh, well basically you can hand count the wildlife uh, photographers but now the number of wildlife photographers are close to million uh, here in india i mean mm-hmm. if you count the hobby is or uh, serious amateur so this number is huge so it is like see, like in one person on narrow road if one two vehicular uh, Uh, you know moving is fine but if 100 vehicles are moving is not fine so it it changes with time and the situation so when in a park one photographer or two photographers uh, were working it was not a problem so if in a park now 100 photo- photographers are there at a time it becomes a issue so why i'm telling this so you have to understand the dynamism of the uh, of the Uh, situation so you have to take the call so what i uh, do so i have some experience in the field so i try to understand in the field that what uh, what i can go for what i i shouldn't do or i mean i always love to take the call on the on the basis of the situation not on some you know something which is uh, provided by someone else it is always always a call of mine on the basis of the my experience past knowledge and the and the present scenario of the place so uh, just for an example when uh, uh, like 20 30 years back if you see an image of say one charging elephant so we used to be very excited to see the image and we used to clap for that that's a, just we uh, appreciated those images uh, now now for me it it becomes like it is uh, for me it is not a uh, no more a good image because if elephant is charging me hmm. it, it it is actually it is actually telling that i was uh, into their personal space or something i mean yeah. some way that uh, animal was disturbed by me or anyway i mean it can be disturbed by anything so the main fundamental thing is when i'm working in the in one ecosystem the impact of my presence uh, should be as minimum as possible so some charging image actually shows a huge impact of my presence so okay. that way it becomes uh, uh, i mean uh, for me it is not a uh, no more a good image mm. you're being Even invasive i have a lot of images of that yeah so charging uh, animals before but evolution happens so if i stuck into their old mind then it's a problem of mine so we we need to move on we have to take the call uh, you know so so we have to understand it that uh, whatever we are doing this is for them because why we are doing this we are enjoying plus we want to lobby for them no? so we want to co- connect the mass for this animal so it, this is not to disturb them or not to uh, create a stress for them so so as a photographer so i always try to take the call in the field that what extent i can go i take a lot of photographs where i go very close to the subject mm-hmm. but it is not like uh, pushing them in uh, to the boundary it is it is based on a lot of experiences so i i always love to study uh, any individual before uh, doing anything with them like so when i photograph mexican crocodile uh, american crocodile in mexico you will see that i am taking the photo from just one feet away but it is not like that i can do it for for every individual i first i start try to understand the situation if mm-hmm. that animal is comfortable with it allows then only i can do that i can't uh, push them or i can stress uh, them uh, with my presence mm-hmm. so this is uh, kind of thing i mean when 
like for sharks also for actually for underwater photography yeah. you need to be very close otherwise otherwise you cannot take uh, good shots so i go close sometimes but uh, only only that if that animal allows me to do so so it is more that animal comes close to me than i uh, go close to them so it is always uh, better to uh, do that and uh, uh, in most cases you have to you have to be careful about how how much you can push because after all i mean we are important whatever we are doing it is for them not for mm-hmm. us so if we are not caring about their uh, wellness uh, their comfort then it's of course it is not good or unethical whatever you say. but yeah. always for me is a is a is a personal call when you talk about responsibility no? yeah if we even i just i i can want to give one uh, different example right uh, which is not related to uh, all this thing uh, i mean not directly related but it is uh, i feel it is related i mean i i heard from many people actually when they talk about their you know their uh, children's career so they they say like if you if you go for ias you will have lot of power so i mean yeah you will you will just do some office uh, i mean whatever you work you do in the office but if you are if you are an is officer you will have lot of power but this is this is the confusing place actually so it's like i mean in our society this is one one type of schooling which is not right so it has to be like when you are an is officer you will have lots of responsibility it is not power <laughs> yeah, correct it is responsibility so more you more you go up you will not get power you will actually you will have more responsibility so that that is one uh, uh, you know perspective i always feel that uh, we confuse with many things like sometimes because i am into all this uh, uh, you know wildlife photography for a long time i work a lot i have connected with many institutions many you know mm-hmm. uh, many conservation organization many people many forest department sometimes i i get a little more access than others mm-hmm. so some people can think this is a power mm-hmm. but this is not power so more i involve into all these thing more actually my responsibility increases because i am taking that responsibility right so yeah so so i i so whatever i do so always i feel responsibility this word is always uh, is the backbone of everything so i am responsible for this because i am doing this and uh, from that point of view it is very important for me to be sensible and responsible for in the uh, in the field and there are i i want to add another thing mm-hmm. that uh, there are uh, another kind of uh, issues which i think uh, uh, not many people will uh, think of uh, sometimes sometimes you you may ask i don't know if, uh, yeah. if you are going to ask this question or not tell me like if you ask me but what is your favorite place or what is your uh, favorite uh, animal to work on uh, something like that. i was going yeah, to so ask you you know your photography is all is making an impact but if there's one project you are proud of for the change it has created not yeah, not is, this is the proper question this is a, this is this question is fine but when you if you ask me what is your favorite uh, subject uh-huh. or favorite species or favorite places 
so that is if i answer that i mean some if uh, some place mm-hmm. if i if i i give some i if i name some place or species uh, uh, to answer that then i feel i am very much irresponsible okay why you know the responsibility is uh, so there are some ethical responsibilities what mm-hmm. i was uh, talking about mm-hmm. so that is the how we work in the field where always we have to uh, you know keep this word in our mind that we cannot uh, do anything which actually uh, harm or uh, you know uh, make any damage to the ecosystem that is one part and then there is another part in our thought process so the thought process what i'm going to tell you now mm-hmm. uh, about this favorite thing or uh, favorite uh, species or favorite places uh, it is like uh, you, you have 10 children okay mm-hmm. uh, and if i ask you who 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 is your favorite child <laughs> so so if you answer one that is very much a, i mean very much a illogical and irresponsible answer <laughs> so yeah so it is like that because in ecosystem every species and every habitat is equally important if it so is a grassland true. if it is a desert or mountain all are equally important they are serving their role they are actually they have their own participants so they all are equally important or if you talk about species from a small insects to a big elephant they all all are you know important in the in the ecosystem and they have their own roles so you cannot be biased on something so that is also a, i think if i am biased with some subject is a is a irresponsible uh, thought process so so for me i always and it, you have to develop it it is not that when i started i have uh, uh, such kind of thought because in human tendency we always love predators that's why we love tiger leopard uh, eagles in bird uh, who 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 actually uh, does hunting or who are, who looks actually you know uh, kind of ferocious uh, or something they always attract more so it is it was there with me but i had to develop the taste this is a part uh, in the process uh, of uh, evolution of my thought mm-hmm. where i always uh, uh, you know i developed that uh, i cannot be biased uh, on anything any ecosystem or any species mm-hmm. that become uh, irresponsibility so then you can ask me uh, then how with that uh, consequences you can ask me then why why you are working on these or why you are selecting these you don't have any biases well mm-hmm. so here here the my thought um, process is like uh, you may have 10 children uh, you are uh, you, you cannot be biased on anyone but, but there is a chance that one children one child is uh, uh, weaker than other and you have to take care more on them that is not biasness like one species is endangered one species is in a good state so you can work on the endangered one so which which actually suffering so you have to give up more you know more uh, time to that species so that it can uh, come out of the its uh, bad state so that is the the way of selecting my priority it is not biasness whether mm-hmm. i work in uh, on those subject or places which actually which actually is a need of that time because of different reasons maybe it's an endangered species or the habitat has some problem or this is scientifically uh, lessly documented so that is the way of thinking 
for uh, selecting species or places. But if I if I have some favorite species or uh, place, then I feel it is a irresponsible thing for me. Right. So uh, yeah. So this is uh, uh, one perspective always I yeah. thought of. I'm glad you said it, even though I didn't ask the question because I'm sure a lot of people have asked you that. But it's a completely different perspective you've given, and it makes so much sense. And seriously, my respect for you has <laughs> gone up many, many notches because it's all about uh, being mindful, I suppose, and responsible uh, when you're out there photography. Uh, cool. So now I know how you choose your subjects um, to photograph. Which, which photographer has been your inspiration? So, uh, so actually, uh, I mean, some important thing actually I just uh, wanted to uh, uh, talk about, just to add, mm -hmm. uh, let me answer this uh, at the last. Okay. I mean, uh, who, who inspired me? So, so what I, uh, I just initiated, but I forgot to tell you. So, mm -hmm. I have some problem with this based, you know, based, success, failure. So, I yeah. just want to e explain a little bit. Because right. Uh, it is a, it's a, it's a, I feel it's a very much a, a need. Uh, so when, when someone asked me that uh, uh, it is just just uh, similar with the that of thing also. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes sometimes people tell Dhritiman is uh, I mean he is the best photographer. So I just I just get surprised. I mean how one can be defined as best because it's a qualitative thing. Mm. So for qualitative thing. You cannot uh, use this word based words, actually, mm -hmm. even good or bad. Because mm -hmm. photo, when you, you are talking about photos, photos actually, so the, you think about the first tiger photo. The first tiger photo, uh, maybe now if you see the photo, it will be like, oh, this is not a, this is an average photo. Mm -hmm. But when it was taken, it was surprising for everyone because there was no photo, uh, it, uh, it, uh, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. That time, the first tiger photo. You just imagine about first tiger photo when there was no photo of tiger. So that was the best photo that time. Right. So it, it is so subjective. So for all photos are basically a documentation of some moment, some time, and some species. So time which is already gone. Mm. So it is some some way it is very unique. So all photos are unique. It cannot be good or bad or uh, you know based. So what do we go for? So basically what happens, people actually want to see new things. So when we actually mistakenly say it's a bad photo, actually it's a it's a, oh, it's a seen photo, what you have mm. seen already. So it is not surprising you. So what do we go for? We go for different things. We go for new things. We don't go for old things, what is done. So what is done becomes a bad photo. But it is not actually a bad photo. It was very much good photo that time. Right. It was... Uh, yeah, so some point of time it was fantastic. Now, because people have seen it, so now it becomes a little bit boring and then people, oh, it is okay. I mean, it is not good. Hmm. So you have to understand that this good, bad, uh, based, these this words actually do not exist for any quality, not only photography, for any qualitative thing. It has to be different. Yeah. You know, it has to be different. I mean, uh, the photos, if you are a photographer, what you are going for? You are not going for a good photo. You are not going for a best photo. You are going for a different photo. What is done? You are not going for that. You are going for new stuff, mm -hmm. uh, new stories. 
new event so it has to be different yeah so so what i was telling is uh, so when you understand there is no best or good or better or bad photos then this competition world doesn't exist then you are when you are out of competition then your mind becomes much more healthier right so and then uh, you will be out of all kind of uh, unethical practices actually where okay. competition actually pushes you to do something unethical so you have to understand in subjective things in in quality things you just uh, you cannot have these words i mean for me actually so i cannot be a best photographer it doesn't exist so i will not go for to be a best photographer rather i i i will go to be a contributory photographer where i can kind of contribute for science or uh, conservation your what was your first question i just uh, uh i mean what i told i am telling you later oh, who inspired so that way actually yeah. except me the all other photographers all other people whatever they are doing mm. all are inspiring for me except my work just if you take a complimentary set of uh, uh, you know the other people i mean except me the everyone <laughs> the amateur the the even a amateur photographer what he is doing it is new for me because whatever he is doing i am not doing that so that makes me surprised that inspire me so all the photographers all the naturalists whatever mm-hmm. other people are doing actually inspiring me you you ask me na so who is uh, inspiring me so basically everyone is inspiring me that's because what a... they are doing i'm not doing right that's such a novel way of uh, thinking yeah <laughs> it's lovely <laughs> i don't <laughs> see see when 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 we talk about novel way that makes me great but it is a it, it is a rational way of i feel it's the rational way of okay. seeing things so it is it is a for me it is a right way of think, uh, yeah. thinking so it is no more novel no more novel. not novel so for you but novel for i think anybody else who, who 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 is competitive for instance this is just a different perspective no and uh, yeah it yeah. makes sense Yeah. you know so can i get back to that question about um, is there one project uh, you know uh, oh, okay. that you're proud of proud of because of the change it has created or it is creating some change while we speak <laughs> i have some problem with with some words which i actually again i told you yeah so i <laughs> over the tra- time i i actually thought over different uh, situation different uh, feeling different uh, you know words actually and i tried to uh, you know uh, solve some issues with those things like for example proud mm-hmm. maybe some words like based over so if if i uh, the competition or uh, maybe achievement success mm-hmm. failure actually these words uh, you know do not uh, work for Okay. So what the exact for me the exact state that I can be little happy, not mm-hmm. proud. Okay. If proud. I mean, if I become proud, proud has some. Uh, I feel some kind of some kind of uh, unhealthiness. I, I mean, people will have different opinion on that. I'm sure. Right. But uh, for me, I can be ha- happy, uh, not proud. and okay. whatever you do it is uh, you know always what i feel always that it is not done uh, to that extent what it should be done i worked on different subjects like uh, 
for example narkonda mohanbil in uh, uh, you know the you know about the narkonda island which is easternmost island of india mm-hmm. and this narkonda mohanbil uh, uh, are only found in that island there's okay. no one in the world wow. so me and dr roman and dr sirish vanchi actually went there stayed there for 18 days we worked on that hornbill got a lot of information and we, we photographed them so so that was very much rewarding experience and uh, you know uh, that actually uh, i i uh, in, le- in later days when there was some issues with the island actually government uh, indian navy uh, wanted to put a radar station in narkonda island and uh, so all the you know all, all the uh, scientists and other people uh, were not uh, uh, happy to know that because uh, that because this is a so tiny island mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of activity actually can uh, ruin the ecosystem of that island so, so everyone wanted to stop that activity in that island so my photos are there so my photos uh, help to Uh, convey those messages so okay. everyone used my photos uh, even national geographic news also used my photos yeah. so some way those photos uh, used into conservation so that way it's a it's a uh, i feel it was a little bit of contributory but it's not you know it's not like it's not like 100% thing is done you know so uh, it could be better it always yeah. it could be better. whatever i have done hmm. uh, whatever i i worked on different subject Bengal Florican, uh, which was uh, less documented. Then Snow Leopard project was very interesting. I have I have been working on brown bear, which is very very lessly done before. Mm-hmm. I photographed uh, this thing, uh, the Western Tragopan in Himachal Pradesh, which was a mm-hmm. state bird of Himachal. There was not much uh, photos in the wild, so I did different kind of uh, interesting thing, but I never feel that uh, uh, that I I I I did a great job. I I did okay. I sometimes I became happy with my. Uh, I mean, how that work helped to the conservation or something, but it is not like uh, I am satisfied. So <laughs> I I need to, uh, you know, I need to go for more. I need to be more hardworking or more, you know, fruitful with my. They say I mean I mean I cannot be satisfied with that, and that way uh, that way I cannot be proud even. So in mm-hmm. any case, I have no relation with the word. Uh, <laughs> I love that, <laughs> but you set very high standards for yourself, and it's it's actually very inspiring. So, do you have a conservation-linked term or a photography-linked uh, word or concept that you'd like to share? This uh, natural world, there is a disconnection. I mean, uh, disconnection. between the natural world and the mass uh and mostly i i found many policy makers are also disconnected with the natural world so what i am doing right now what i am uh, very much uh, uh, concerned about or uh, what is uh, uh, very uh, you know relevant for this time mm-hmm. to me is about uh, inclusion the inclusion of uh, our ecosystem in uh, all mm. i mean uh, in, in the regular 
social structure policies everything so they because there is a disconnection there is a uh, it is not uh, included uh, in our social system so whenever we see things it looks like it is a separate thing like when we talk about develop so it's like if we uh, we feel uh, we feel like uh, the nature the the ecosystem forest natural world is just a, a separated world uh, from mm-hmm. the world development actually this is included this is inbuilt uh but i i i also i i, I talked that time also what i in in your uh, that uh, himalayan conference uh, mm-hmm. probably i i talked about this this is uh, when we when we talk about development like if 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 someone is uh, doing some deforestation and uh, if if we ask uh, why you guys are doing this so they say like it is a need for development mm-hmm. actually development is about keeping the ecosystem inside i mean do everything but you keep the ecosystem intact so it is about the inclusion okay it is inbuilt so i always feel it is uh, we need to understand that that we have to include all this thing uh, into into our uh, regular uh, system and for that we have to connect the entire mass uh, with nature so that's why that's, that's why photography i i do it uh, uh, for this purpose because visual is always our strongest yes. tool to connect uh, people emotionally so if you uh, if if i talk about some species which you never heard of you can you cannot be emotional about it right so only 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 when you know it or when you know a little bit about it even then you can be think of it so photos actually do that it connects people with the uh, with the natural world true so 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 what i what i what i uh, what i take as my responsibility is to uh, is, is to make a uh, lobby for the uh, natural world or or in another term i can say i am i am in a mission to create as many as possible voters voters for the natural world mm. <laughs> so i i am just a mission to create voters so they will they will talk for them so so if i can i mean i am just connecting one by one uh, uh, you know individual with uh, different species different landscape so that they will be in favor of them and and actually it will it will it will create a huge uh, uh, lobby for them to talk about them so it's a it's a it's a it is for me sir is a part of uh, uh, you know the uh, one step towards the conservation of the natural world so 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 this is where i always suggest uh, even the newcomers mm-hmm. uh, who were uh, into photography or conservation that connect as many as people uh, uh, with with our natural world that will be the best uh, step to uh, do the other things so mm-hmm. once once the lobby is made now then you can you can play with it so that's why i try to uh, try to uh, show my images to the policy makers mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, where 
when, whenever I get a chance, or students, or in colleges, uh, schools, mm-hmm. so that they 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 will be inspired by our natural world, and they will be in favor of them. And if something is happening uh, where actually a mass wise is needed, it will be easier for to you know easier to get that voice in favor of our natural. So that is, I think, uh, for me, it's a right. best baseline. Uh, responsibility okay but that's that's a great word and uh, i think the way to go forward thank you for initiating this Simon, thank yeah. you so much it's been really 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 uh, a wonderful conversation and yeah just just getting to know the person behind the lens here has been quite fascinating i've put you there as a photographer with a conscience and I, clearly you are so thanks a lot I hope you enjoyed this episode of Heart of Conservation Podcast. If you know somebody whose story should be told, don't hesitate to write to me. I would love to hear from you. I would love feedback. And uh, stay tuned. Heart of Conservation is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Himalaya app, Android, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bye for now.